what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service. This is our show here on TheMesh.tv, where we talk about the world of customer service, how to provide the best customer service to our customers, our patients, uh, other members, people we have to work with on a daily basis, even coworkers, and the impact that a good customer service strategy can have on any organization uh, for success, for profitability, for all these things. My name is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, a survey consulting firm here in North Carolina. And joining me as always, my partner in crime, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alan. How's it going? Going, going just fine. You guys are all ready for the holidays here? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, I, I did my one big uh, sweep of shopping about four weeks ago where I had one item that I'd gotten for Christmas present last year. And so I got about a dozen of them for family members. Uh, but other than that, I haven't bought a thing and, and haven't really could the list yet myself. So I, I have lots of work to do. Wait a minute. So you just go and buy the same thing 12 times? Is that what you just said? Yeah, I've never done that before, but I liked it so much. And it's uh, one of those little utility items. I won't say what it Ooh. is in case some of my relatives are actually listening, <laughs> uh, but it's a little utility item. I figure everybody with a house needs. So I bought about a dozen of them. But I, I think it is safe to say if any of your family members are li- listening, whatever <laughs> you get, there's going to be 11 other people in the family that are getting the exact same thing. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. Good point. <laughs> so that's that's good. You can try to find out if one of your family members gets the gift before you do. You may want to make some calls and find out what it is and kind of help uh, uh, get the surprise out of the way. So good to know. I have to remember that strategy for next time. Just buy the same thing a whole bunch of times. <laughs> That'll work. Um, well, we are talking about the holidays a little bit on today's show uh, with regards to how as we as in the customer service world, people having to deal with customers, especially, you know, in, in the holiday time, in the real t- retail situation, there's a lot of lot of shoppers out there that are exhibiting a whole wide range of attitudes and emotions this time of year. I mean, we saw the, the news clips from Black Friday, and I still keep seeing this overplayed over and over again. Some guy just completely chewing out the people around him in the crowd waiting to bust into a Walmart or something. You know, it's just people do get a little crazy this time of year. So it's really important for us to start talking about our attitude in dealing with customers, whether it be retail or any other industry, obviously. So we're going to talk about all that here in just a moment. Ned, I'm anxious to hear from you what key attitude we really need to be focusing on and improving and working on uh, at any time of the year. But hopefully those in retail might have to, a little bit to learn from it this this time of year as well. Sure. But before we get into that, just a little uh, housekeeping things about our network and our show. Uh, we are on the network called The Mesh. That's on can be found on the internet at themesh.tv. That is a website where you can go and find all of the different shows that we have on the Mesh Network, ranging from business to education to entertainment to music. A lot of different stuff out there, a lot of different shows to go check out. They're all free. You can play them on the website. You can download them through iTunes. A lot of different ways to get involved with The Mesh. So we encourage you to go check that out when you have a chance. And also just wanted to kind of pass along uh, to say you know, special thanks to our sponsor for this month, Pinecrest Independent Living here in Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, just a great facility, an independent living facility that's got a great reputation in the area. They do a lot to really make it all the comforts of home for their residents. Live the life you deserve. Pinecrest Independent Living. You'll hear a little bit more about them later in the show. So, Ed, uh, Customer Service Solutions, your company. Remind us again, how can we find out more about you before we jump into our conversation here? 
Oh, sure. The easiest way is just to go to our website, which is cssamerica.com, and then you'll have all sorts of information about our services, our customer service weekly tips, these podcasts, blogs, everything. cssamerica.com. That's the best way to kind of find out more about your company and what you guys do for a lot of organizations all over the place. Right. Yeah. Good. So, Ed, I kind of set us up a little bit before the I did the, the, the network plug and the sponsorship and all that, that attitude is something we all know we've talked about on several episodes before It's kind of a key component to customer service and delivering the best customer service experience. But is there one element of attitude, one specific thing that you feel like is going to resonate the most with any kind of industry, any kind of customer service experience, uh, maybe more notably the ones that you've had a lot of background experience working with? Sure. And especially the way you described uh, Black Friday and the time of year it is, uh, the, the word that we're going to focus on today and a lot of different permutations of this word is compassion. Compassion. I mean, when, you, okay. when you talk about compassion, uh, typically we think of studies or experiences we might have in healthcare. For example, there was uh, a study done recently where the patients uh, in a particular hospital, and these are cancer patients, typically were asked to evaluate their experience and what was most important to them about the experience that they had uh, being provided care by the hospital. And, and the main attributes of that experience that were most important to them uh, were to, for instance, have a compassionate team of care providers, to have access to a knowledgeable, competent physician, to be treated as a human being. And those were those, those characteristics of the patient experience that had the biggest uh, correlation to the overall patient satisfaction. So oftentimes we think about that healthcare end of things, but but keep in mind, when you think about compassion, it goes beyond health care. Uh, there were studies shown years ago where uh, companies were looking at the reasons why they lost business, and researchers were actually helping organizations to figure out, why do you have a customer and then you lose them. And for businesses that had recurring customers, those that had patronized their business for a period of time, 68% of the time that they lost customers was because of something called perceived indifference. Hmm. Uh, perceived means that the customer felt like, they believed like, and with indifference, that the company didn't care. So two-thirds hmm. of lost business was because the customers felt like you don't care, that, that maybe the transaction was occurring or the service was being given, but, but that customer didn't feel that compassion, they didn't feel that caring. And this was in more of a retail setting. So when you're thinking about what are some of those attributes of, of customer service and the customer experience that have a huge impact on satisfaction and retention, a lot of it comes down to compassion. And, you know, we've talked about a lot in some past episodes about processes and systems and making sure there's proper follow through on questions, requests and all that. And we've talked about attitude as well, you know, about the, the pleasantness of an experience and making sure that we've got things like uh, uh, trying to confront any negative uh, uh, emotions that the other person's having. But when we come to compassion, I mean, that's a I can see the importance of that absolutely, and especially it's going to, I think it's important in any industry, more so where you've got something like a, a life or death situation or a healthcare situation involved. But compassion, how, how can somebody in a customer service role or any role in a company where they have to deal with consumers and patients or anybody else, compassion doesn't seem to be one of those things that you could really teach someone. Is that true? I mean, is that kind of a, is it either an inherent thing you have or is there some way you can develop a sense of compassion even if you don't start out with one? Yeah, well, that, that's a good question. It's a lot easier to hire somebody who has that inner 
uh, sense of empathy, that inner sense of caring, that inner sense of compassion, then to train somebody to have those skills. But there, keep in mind, some of it is having people who are compassionate, and we'll define what that is like in a minute. But the other piece is, and maybe even the most important piece from a customer service perspective, is how do you convey your compassion? How do you convey that you care to the customers. You can be the most compassionate person in the world. Remember that 68% figure I just mentioned a minute mm-hmm. ago. That was a perception on the part of the customer. They perceived that the employee was indifferent. But, okay. but those employees might have cared deeply about that customer just for whatever reason it didn't come across to the customer. So we're going to talk about not only how can you maybe feel a little bit more compassion, a little bit more empathy, a little bit more caring for the customer, but just as importantly, what are some specific things you can do that could come across to the customer as being uh, attributes of somebody who is compassionate and caring about them. Okay, great. Well, what some things we so so let's say that you, you we feel like you know a, a, a person coworker or somebody we work with is a very compassionate person, but we got to figure out some way to help get that across and make sure it, it, it shows in the experience they have with their their customers. So, exactly. So, what's something they ought to try to do in that situation? Well, well, first let, let's uh, think about compassion, and let, let's think about when you're conveying it uh, in terms of the word empathy. Um, you know, it, it's very beneficial if you're trying to convey that you care about somebody to, to start out with having an understanding of what's going on in their world, with with really trying to understand uh, what's unique about them, what's unique about their situation. So you bring up the Black Friday example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you just think about the task of serving a customer, well, I'm ringing this person up or I'm responding to their questions or I'm doing these certain activities in a retail setting, that might be true. But if you are more empathetic, which means you're, you're understanding of their needs or understanding of their situation, what you're trying to do is to understand that people in, in this holiday shopping time of the year, they are typically going to be very anxious. You know, they, they want to find the perfect gift or, or maybe they're very stressful. And they're in one of these families, uh, not, not that I have personal experience with this, but no. uh, they're in one of these families where everybody has to get six presents or, you know, you have to. Or 12. You have to, or 12. Of the, same, of the same thing. Uh, right, well, yeah. actually, that's kind of easy, but that's a good point. <laughs> or maybe you have 12 different people. You have to buy presents for 12 different people. Or maybe they're in a rush. Or maybe they're indecisive. So when you start thinking beyond, okay, I'm ringing somebody up or I'm asking a question or I'm going to get this product off the uh, off the shelf, if you think beyond the task and you start to think about, okay, now who am I doing this task for and what is their situation? They're stressed. They're anxious. They're in a rush. They're indecisive. All of a sudden – you're starting to, to create a little bit of empathy for them, a little bit of understanding. And that's one of the starting points of being compassionate is trying to create an understanding of what the other person's going through. Well, and I think even relating it to the Black Friday example, I mean, it's, it's I can imagine seeing some of the news footage we see of the crazy things that can happen sometimes in those situations. It's hard for a an employee at any of those places to really have a true sense of compassion for people when they're getting chewed out and cursed at and everything else in those situations. But you know, the times I've seen things where it's that empathy is knowing what they're going through. Uh, In some parts of the nation, obviously it's extremely cold on uh, black Friday or the night Mm -hmm. before at midnight, people are out there in lines and crowds hearing about some of those stores where the employees are going out and serving coffee or hot chocolate or doing things like that. Yes, that may be more of a true just customer service, more of a, well, we're going to do this for 
how it looks on the news or whatever. But it is deeper than that. It is showing some empathy that, hey, we know people are cold out there waiting to come in and shop. We know people have been out there for a long time. Let's see what we can do to help empathize with them in their situation and do a little extra for them. Right. So when we're thinking about uh, beyond the people who are naturally compassionate, we start thinking about how do we break this down to the point that you can teach anybody to have a little bit of compassion for their customer. Well, the first thing we need to do is what we're doing right now. We're kind of defining empathy. We're saying empathy is trying to be understanding of the other person. You don't have to feel their pain. You know, you don't have to know exactly what they're going through and that sort of thing. But if you can try to create an understanding of that, what's unique about that person, what's unique about that situation, that that's the starting point for compassion. It, you, you have to be compassionate about something or about someone. And the more you can try to be empathetic and understanding of them, uh, the better chance that, that you have that you can convey that kind of compassion in a sincere kind of way. So it's kind of walking in their shoes a little bit. I mean, uh, right. it may even be a, something where if a new employee joining a, a company has to do something, maybe, I don't know if it's role-playing, I don't know if it's kind of going through and trying to see what a typical customer may go through on a frustrating situation, just so they can build up a little bit of that empathy, maybe? Right, definitely. And if you can have that kind of understanding, and that's why a lot of times we mystery shop uh, businesses, because they want to see through the customer's eyes what the experience is really like. Because through the employee's eyes or through management's eyes, uh, you know, unless I'm getting the irate, a phone call or uh, unless something catastrophic happens, you know, I've set the policies in place, I've set the procedures in place, and I assume unless somebody screams that everything's going great. So a lot of organizations are really trying to get a feel for uh, what is uh, the reality like through the eyes of the customer. So mm-hmm. empathy is what they're trying to create, trying to create a little understanding from the customer's perspective of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of benefits to empathy. We can look at this from a couple different perspectives. I mean, the obvious one is from the customer's perspective. I mean, from their perspective, uh, if somebody's trying to be empathetic or understanding of them, uh, then it's a situation where, you know, I feel like I'm heard and I feel like I'm listened to and I feel like I'm not just getting run through a system or run through a process. So for a lot of customers, it can make them feel like somebody cares about them. It can make them feel uh, like they're important to that organization. And that helps to get their anxiety down. That helps get their emotion down a little bit. Uh, if they feel like they're not in a fight or they feel like they're going up against somebody who's a brick wall, that builds up anxiety. But if they feel like they're talking to somebody who's understanding, trying to listen, trying to see what's unique about them and their situation, it really can help the customer to kind of settle down, get a little bit of confidence, get a little bit of comfort from the start. Okay, great. So building that sense of empathy, really understanding what the customer's going through, having that, uh, that, that information and uh, a little bit of that background to work with puts you in a better position to deal with whatever the experience you're going through. Right. And it actually helps employees. You know, we're talking a lot about Black Friday and the holiday time of the year for obvious reasons, but it helps employees as well. Because if we think about those situations where all of a sudden you're dealing with customers who are obviously stressed, they're obviously anxious, they're obviously in a rush, maybe they have a little bit of an edge to them. If you are a person who's focused on yourself, you know, you're not trying to be empathetic or understanding of somebody else, you are focused on you, then all of a sudden you're feeling your emotions, you're seeing that red face right in front of you and and getting all irate and upset and and you're internalizing it and there can be a lot of emotion building up. But, But if you as an employee instead are focused on, you know, here's somebody who obviously has a need, they have a concern, 
let, let me try to understand what's going on with them. Let me focus on them and, and see if I can really help them at this point in time. If an employee focuses out of themselves and more on the other person, then it can do several things. First of all, there's typically fewer conflicts because when somebody's coming at us upset, if we're internalizing things, we can get defensive. We can bring our, our emotions. So by focusing on them, you're not getting defensive and emotional. Secondly, if an employee uh, is getting to the point where they're really trying to understand what that customer is going through, they're going to ask questions. They're going to be inquisitive, and that, that'll get them in a little bit of control of the conversation. They can navigate the conversation a little bit as well. So, so that helps it, the employee to, to try to bring down and get control of those conversations. It also helps the, the employee, if they're in a situation and they're trying to be empathetic and understanding, because uh, they are trying to make, remain calm. They're trying to really help the other person. And when you're trying to help somebody, it puts you in a better position. It helps to keep your emotions in check. However, if it's a situation where uh, you are hearing all this emotion and you're just trying to react to it, then that can keep your emotion and your own personal stress up. So it can have a positive impact on the employee as well. That's a really – and that's not the kind of thing you think naturally about, but it's true. Um, Everybody thinks, well, if you try to sympathize with the patient and try to, or, or the customer or whoever it may be, you know, you're helping them. But you're right; you're also helping yourself as an employee. You're putting yourself in a better position, a better frame of mind. Uh, probably helps productivity, helps morale, everything else involved too. So that's right. great, very good. So, so prior to getting into the how tos, I just wanted to address that a little bit because a lot of us, when we're thinking about empathy, yeah, we need to be empathetic, but there are reasons behind it. The customer appreciates talking to somebody who conveys that they really care about them. And from the employee's perspective, if all you focus on is yourself or your task or you know, how things are impacting you personally, that can bring your emotions up. But if, if you focus on how can I sincerely help this other person, it really helps to keep your emotions in check and it helps the, you to convey that you're, you're on the other person's side. Very nice. Very nice. So, so building that sense of empathy and having a better understanding for what that customer may be going through or what their experiences are. So let's say we've got that, that groundwork laid. So then what do you, what do you suggest uh, the next thing we try to tackle there? Well, when we talk about conveying empathy, we're talking about communications. And how you communicate always falls into three different buckets. It's how you communicate with your body language, how you communicate with your tone of voice, and the actual words that you use. So we're actually going to tap into these three different aspects of communication. And, and I'm not saying that when you're trying to be empathetic, you need to act. You know, I'm not saying I, I need to become an actor. I need to pretend you know, that I care with my body language. I need to really raise my eyebrows when they look surprised. <laughs> and I really need to you know, have that kind of wavering voice you know, when I'm trying to sound empathetic. Yeah. You know, but, but at least get to the point that we're cognizant of our body language or tone of voice in our words when we're trying to convey empathy. Okay, great. So, so uh, what were those three things again? Body language, tone of voice, and your words. So just be self-aware of yourself. And we're actually going to tap into uh, some of these different characteristics of how we communicate with others. Okay, um, now, you're in front of somebody, and maybe it is in that retail setting, or maybe it's in some kind of other uh, setting where the other person, obviously, uh, maybe they're stressed. It is that cancer patient. Maybe uh, somebody is shopping. It's a last-minute gift. Maybe it's a situation where there's a, uh, a new entrepreneur and they're going to a government agency to get a business license and they're confused about the processes. So we have all these different situations and what we're trying to do is to convey some empathy. And when these customers are walking up to us, it's very uh, easy for us, I guess, to be judgmental uh, mm -hmm. or, or to say, oh, 
you know, th- this is a type of person based on how they look or how they ask the question or how we're feeling that day. You know, it can be very possible for us to to judge them, to maybe uh, make certain assumptions. But when you're trying to be empathetic, try to just kind of avoid making those assumptions, just kind of relax, be receptive to what they say. And in terms of how we start uh, getting into this conveying of empathy, there's three different things that we can do relating to, again, relating to words, relating to the body language, and relating to the tone of voice. Okay. Um, let's start with words. Words. Okay, right. I'll, I'll, so the words we use, the actual things that come out of our mouth. Right. And there's a good way to, to think about when we're communicating with somebody to convey empathy. Uh, first, people who are good at conveying empathy are great at asking questions about two things in particular. You know, you're asking about them and you're asking about their situation. So it's not a matter of uh, the customer walks up to you and it's, uh, what do you need, ma'am? Oh, yeah, you can find that down there in aisle five. Uh, and then you just leave it at that. If this person looks stressed or anxious or they really have a need, one way you convey empathy is by being inquisitive of the other person. Well, well, tell me a little bit about this person you're shopping for and and what are they typically like? And, and I know it's a busy time of the year. If I could ask you a few questions, maybe we can help you save a little bit of time, save a little bit of money as well. So when, when you think about the, the first step and the words you use, try to be inquisitive. Try to ask the kind of questions about the customer and their situation. And just by asking the questions, you're starting to convey you care, that you have a little compassion for this person. Well, Ed, this is even something that as a simple rule in everyday life, I think that we all see too, you know know those people that you end up having dialogue and conversations with, the ones that don't ever ask about you. They just like to talk about themselves or talk about what they're doing. It can be frustrating. It can be a little disappointing and, and defeating at some point to just be around people that aren't asking about you. Right. And are just constantly talking about their own situation. So, you know, that's something I know I even try to teach my kids is, you know, ask questions, find out about your friends, ask them what they like and what they did over the weekend and all, because it really does help build a nice camaraderie. So you're really talking about the same thing in the business world is just having that it does, it does show compassion. It does show that somebody's actually wanting to listen and listen to what I'm talking about as opposed to just pointing me in a direction and, and keeping it very short and curt like that. Right. And that those are great examples when you talk about your kids. I've done the same thing with my daughter, and I've done this with people in work as well. I, I heard this uh, statement or this example decades ago where somebody said, if you want to be perceived as being a good conversationalist, don't feel like you have to know a thousand funny stories. Don't feel like you have to have the most exciting life. If you want somebody to perceive that you're a good conversationalist, just be good in, in asking questions about other people. Yep. And if you can get other people to talk about themselves and they're doing 70, 80 percent of the talk and they're going to walk away thinking, wow, you know, Alan's a great conversationalist. Yes. <laughs> and you might not have said a whole lot about yourself, but but that's fine because you conveyed you cared about the other person you were interested in because you're good at asking questions. Now, I I completely agree. I think that's a, just a great point. Uh, I would caution. I know one thing that we try to <laughs> make sure is that we don't come across like we're a a radio talk show host and all we're doing is just firing off questions and just, just questions for the sake of questions or just questions for more of the, the, the appearance of it. I mean, it really does need to be questions that you truly do want to be asking that person and learn the answers for. So it's not just firing off a whole bunch of questions just to kind of overpower them with, Hey, look how concerned I am about you. I'm asking you a whole bunch of questions, you know? Right. And that actually segues well into the next three aspects of, of how you're conveying that understanding with your words. The second is listen to what they say. So you're not just running through a standard 
list of questions. You know, if they talk about a certain relative that they're shopping for, they have a certain need, uh, you know, they, it, it's a system-related need, and, and uh, you're a business and, and you're providing services to another business, you know, listen to what the specific need is. Try to learn from their perspective. So ju- don't just assume because the problem is X that, and you've dealt with problem X before, that your solution will be perfect for this customer as well. There might be something unique about that customer in their situation. So don't make a lot of assumptions. And the last point is confirm your understanding. Uh, basically restate it back to them. So if you really want to convey that you care with your words, along with asking the questions and listening and learning, state it back to them. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's so many times when uh, somebody might come in anxious or upset and nobody's listening to me. Well, if you ask them questions, and then you can restate back in your own words what they just told you. They're going to realize, oh, this person does care. They've listened. You know, they, they understand what I'm going through. They understand my situation. And that's conveying that you care because you've been able to, to state back in your own words what their issue is, what their need is, what goal they're trying to achieve. Well, and I think, too, on that point, it's obvious to people, I think, when others are listening to them, but not really listening to them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you have the eye contact and you're nodding your head a little bit, but that's an act. And I think people are, are savvy enough to understand that. Uh, I like the idea of actually repeating it back because then then it may be that person you're talking to says, oh, wow, I didn't really think you were paying attention, but you are. So that's that's a good thing. Right. Um, that helps get past that whole act that we may find ourselves putting on sometimes. I mean, I think we're all guilty of that. I've, I know I've done that at times on meetings and I catch myself and realize how bad that is to be nodding my head and looking like I'm listening, but I'm not really. And right. uh, that's a good way of testing ourselves. I think it's a great idea for that. Yeah. And I even, uh, as a fast food example, I went through a drive through at a place that typically gives good customer service. Uh, I think it was day before yesterday and I ordered and then I went up to the window and the person said, how are you doing today? That'll be four ninety six. So when there is literally <laughs> no breath taken right, yeah. between how are you doing today and that'll be 496, you know they don't care how you're doing today. Oh, no. It's, it's yeah. part of a script that they have to say. And right. uh, that's funny. I, yeah, I know. We get that a lot. People ask how you're doing and don't really give you time to, to give you an answer. So right. that kind of tells you something right there. Yeah. So when you're conveying that you care through your words, those are some of the keys. You have to be good at asking questions. You have to listen to what they say and how they say it. And then you, you have to understand enough that you can convey that understanding back to them. And that conveys not only your knowledge of what they've said, but that you cared enough to listen. All right. Anything else on the words that we use with that? Yeah. I'm going to give you just a couple of quick hits here. And these are uh, words or phrases. Don't feel like they're scripts per se, but sometimes uh, when somebody has a need or inquiry, if you want to convey you care, convey you're trying to be understanding, convey you have a little bit of compassion, actually use some of these words like help me understand. Help me understand. Okay. Uh, I'd like to learn. Hmm. Uh, Can you tell me? I'd like to help. Let me hear a little bit more about. So mm-hmm. when you're asking them, uh, you know, for a little bit more information, you're conveying that you're not just trying to move them to the next step. You really want to learn. If you say, help me understand, or I'd like to help, you're literally telling them you'd like to help. You know, you're not leaving it up to them to, to decide whether or not you're helpful. You're literally saying, I want to help you. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this. So you can actually build the words learn and help and understand into some of the phraseology you use. Uh, when they're upset or they're angry or anxious, use phrases like, you know, I can tell how frustrating this 
is. I, I can see how upsetting this is. You know, yes, it is a long wait, sir. Yes, that's, that's not how we typically like uh, to serve our customers. So if you have a little bit of empathy by, by acknowledging their feelings, you might not agree with their main point, like we've said in other podcasts, but at least acknowledge their feelings by stating their feelings, you know, sure. the frustration right. or the upset. That is perfectly fine to do. So those are some specific words you can use uh, to convey, again, uh, that, that sense of compassion and care and empathy. And again, with those words, it's not a matter of trying to necessarily side with them, you know, because they may be upset about something that is not anything that really, they really should be upset about. Sure. Or it's not anything that you can control in any way. But the last thing you want to do is side with them and say, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, that is bad, isn't it? But it's more of that I understand. And I think the words you use were perfect there. It's just, I understand you're frustrated. Help me understand more about this. It's showing empathy without necessarily jumping on their side and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this is bad the way we just did this. I can't believe those other people did that to you type of thing. We're talking about other coworkers in your office or anything. So it's bordering on empathy, not feeling like you got to side with them and go on the attack of your own business or or coworkers or anything. So Yes. Yeah, Yeah, we're focused on understanding them, being compassionate of them, conveying that that care for them. We're not focused on agreeing with them. I mean, in a perfect world, we would all be in agreement. Although I don't know if that would be a perfect world. That's more of a philosophical discussion. <laughs> It'd be a nice but, boring uh, world, Ed. So. <laughs> yes. But, but you don't have to agree to convey you care about somebody. Okay. All and right. we're going to take a really quick break here. When we sure. come back, we'll talk about the, uh, the other two aspects of communication. I think we're talking about the way you look when you talk. Right, the body language and then the tone of voice. And then the tone of voice. So we'll talk about both those things here in just a moment. And I hope we are going to do a customer service experience that we've had recently. I don't know if you've got one in mind. I've got one. If you've got one you can think of before the the end of the next break, uh, Ed, we'll be good to go. So great. Okay, wonderful. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Stepping Up Service, talking about compassion and how to show compassion and exude compassion when dealing with customer service experiences. We'll be right back. Don't wait another minute to start living the carefree retirement lifestyle you've always imagined. Come tour the Pinecrest Independent Senior Living Community in Hickory, North Carolina, and discover all we have to offer. From live-in managers to daily social activities and events to amazing chef-prepared meals, Pinecrest is unique. We'd love to show you more. Contact us at 828-325-4795. Retirement is about new beginnings, and the time to begin is now. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. With me again is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. We're talking about the idea of compassion in the workplace, in the customer service world with customers, clients, patients, whatever it may be. And uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the idea of being able to empathize with our customers and having that as a basis for building compassion. And then we start talking about ways to use communication to help show compassion to people. We've already covered the words that we use. That was the first thing we talked about with communication. But Ed, I believe you're now, you were going to talk about uh, what we could do as far as the, uh, the uh, body language. Body language. That's what I meant to say. As I'm floundering with what I'm going to say next, body language, <laughs> body language is where we're going. So body language, Ed, what can we do with regards to body language to help uh, provide compassion or show compassion to the people we deal with? Okay. Well, first, let, let's uh, remember there was a study done years ago we've referenced on the podcast about how when people, until people really get to know us, 
Uh, a lot of what they use to judge our personality, what we're like, is based on how we come across with our gestures and our mannerisms and facial expressions. Over 55% of the people, until they really get to know us, are going to judge our personality based on these non-communication or these non-verbal factors. So body language is very important if you want to com- convey compassion. We actually have a very quick acronym. It's based on the word SEND, that we're going to send the right message with our body language. Oh, so, and I, I love acronyms. I, I haven't heard a new acronym in quite a while. So please, I can't wait to hear what this one is. Well, well, thanks for the excitement there. And I appreciate the sincerity as well. So uh, uh, the, the S in send is for stop. Okay. All right. So when you're dealing with body language, you have to stop what you're doing. You know, stop your paperwork, start the com- stop the computer work, stop working on your equipment. I mean, if you're trying to get in, convey compassion to somebody, it's very difficult for you to be preoccupied with other things from a body language standpoint and still convey that you care about the other person. So if you want to convey some compassion, stop the other things that you're doing so you can get focused and engaged on that other person. Okay, so stopping what you're doing. And we're truly talking physically stopping. Don't physically keep, stopping. Don't keep walking. Don't keep, uh, you know, filling with other things, maybe messing with your phone or whatever. It's truly stopping and looking at them and paying attention to them. Right, and that's a great segue because the E is eyes. So you stop what you're doing and you make that positive eye contact. So, you know, make sure you're not appearing distracted or upset at that point in time. So you got to be a little bit self-aware, but you know, stop what you're doing, make the eye contact. And the end is for nodding, you know, mm-hmm. when you're trying to be compassionate and care and, you know, you're trying to convey some understanding and you might be understanding of that other person, but until you nod, until they get that positive reaction from you, uh, you know, they might really not realize that, that you are understanding and you are uh, conveying that that you're caring and focused on that individual. Okay, so Um, we've got stopping, we've got eyes, we've got nodding, and then what's uh, what's D? Counterintuitive, but it's for document. Uh, So in D, when we're talking about document, you actually want to, uh, if necessary at all, if they're conveying any information that's confusing or detailed or whatever the case might be, take a few notes as they talk just to make sure you get the facts straight the information straight. If you are taking some notes, it's always beneficial to tell them why you're taking notes. You know, ma'am, is it okay if I just take a few notes here just to make sure I I really understand what you're saying, I get it down, and and I get the information correct? Because when they see you documenting, they start to feel like, wow, this is important for them, important enough for them to write it down, to make sure they get it right, so they can convey it to their coworker, convey it to their supervisor, or or just make sure they, they meet my need right the first time. So it really creates a heightened sense of importance about what they're saying in their mind just because they see you writing it down and they understand why you're writing it down. Okay, so send. So we've got S for stopping, meaning stop what you're doing. E is for eyes, so look him in the eye, pay attention, show them that you're paying attention to what they're saying. N is for nodding, and that's a very expressive way of letting them know, yep, I'm paying attention to what you're saying. And then D is documenting, so whether it's making notes to yourself, whether it's some way of letting them know that you're actually filing this away to do something with it. You're not just listening and you're going to forget about it as soon as you turn around. Right. So and keep in mind, we're not talking about caring about the other person or having compassion for them alone. We're talking about conveying that. So that's why we went through all those tips when we t- talked about the words we use. And that's why we're getting real specific here about body language, because uh, more than half of the folks are going to judge how much we care, what our personality is like based on our body language and our gestures. So these are four keys you want to build in to those nonverbal communications if you want to truly convey that you care. Okay, very, very good. 
So SEND, SEND is our acronym of the episode here. So right. <laughs> as we say, we wouldn't be good consultants said if we didn't have an acronym in the process somewhere. So I'm glad you it, introduced one here for us. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. And someday we'll have an acronym based on the word acronym, but I haven't figured that one out yet. Ooh, so that'll be oh, that trick, sounds like so. a really fun project. I think if anybody's yes. got some ideas for an acronym based on the word acronym, that's what we're looking for. That's the ultimate goal for our show before yes. we end our run. <laughs> so, the, the holy grail of consultants. There so you there. go. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Now, so that's uh, talking about body language. Now, you said the third thing with the communication was your tone. Right, tone of voice. And and getting back to those types of studies that we mentioned earlier, particularly when you're on the phone, uh, people who are are judging our personality, they're they're drawing conclusions about who we are. If it's a telephone call, uh, approximately 86% of the folks are really judging our personality. Uh, They're judging us until they really get to know us based primarily on our tone of voice. Mm -hmm. So if we truly want to convey we care, convey we're compassionate, uh, we, we have to make sure that we're coming across that way on the phone. So you want to come across empathetic and understanding with the other person. So uh, there's different ways you can do that. We're just going to talk about three different ways that we can convey a little bit of empathy and understanding and compassion uh, to that other person with our voice. Uh, The first just try to lower your volume a little bit, you know, especially if it's a person who's anxious or they're upset or something along those lines. Uh, a lower voice sounds a little bit more conversational. A higher raised voice sounds more confrontational. Mm-hmm. And if we're trying to sound understanding, a little bit of a lower voice shows that you're not upset. You know, try shows that you're not trying to match any negative emotion that they might have. You know, it really conveys that that you're listening and you're being thoughtful in what you're saying. So a little bit of a lower tone of voice is one of the characteristics you want to have. Okay, good. Um, All right, so lowering the voice, that's a good way to to start out no matter what. Yeah, the second is you want to have some inflection. You know, having some inflection shows you're engaged, you know, shows that you really care. I mean, I'm sure we've all called the phone company or the cable company and somebody picks up the phone and it's the operator and they say, "Uh, thank you so much for calling Acme Telecom. (laughs) I am thrilled that you have called today. There would be nothing that would make my day better and brighter than to be the bright ray of sunshine on the flower of your life. What can I do to... (laughs) A great influence on your day. I mean, it, that that could be one of those situations where maybe that person is compassionate, but what is their voice really telling you there, Alan? Yeah. Voices tell me, this is what I have to say. This is the script I have to follow, and I don't really care about it. I just have to say it or else I'm going to get fired. Exactly. So, so that was flat. That was monotone. So typically, if you have a little bit of ups and downs, you have a little bit of uh, stops and starts in your voice, it conveys you're engaged, conveys you're more interested, conveys that you care. Okay, great. The third characteristic is just talk a little bit more slowly. Uh, the more quickly we talk to somebody, the even if we don't mean it that way, the more we sound like we're trying, just trying to get them off of our, our, our handset. We're trying to move them to the next step in a process. But if we talk a little bit more slowly, uh, it helps to convey that we're trying to understand them. It conveys a little bit of patience. So your voice actually can have a big impact on whether people feel like you're compassionate or not. If you're just generally a little bit softer, you still have some inflection, though, talk a little bit more slowly, they feel like uh, you're being patient with them. They, they feel like you're being conversational with them, more dialogue-oriented with them. They, they feel like that you're interested and you care about them. And, and like I said, particularly on the phone, it has a huge impact on whether or not they feel like you're conveying that you care, that you're compassionate, or you're not. And really, those three things, I mean, you mentioned the phone because, you know, the phone is how a lot of us receive some level of customer service from companies. That's about the only thing we've got to work with other than the actual words we're choosing. 
is the inflection and the speed and the volume of our voice. Right. Uh, we can't express body language. We can't express the head nodding and the eye contact. I mean, it really has to be with the tone of our voice and the way our voice sounds to people. Right. So that means we have to be self-aware of how we're using our voice. We can't just think about answering the question, but we really have to be cognizant of, okay, what do I need to be doing with my voice at this moment? You know, the situational service mindset, uh, based on what the customer's going through, my understanding of them and their needs through the questions I've gotten answered, how do I need to use my voice to convey the right message? Perfect. So talk about volume of your voice, the speed of your voice, and the general inflection that you use. Exactly. ways that we can help convey that tone. So between the words that we use, between the body language we show when we're giving those words and the tone of our voice when delivering the words, those three combined are what you're saying, create that level of communication that can lend to compassion or exhibit compassion to the person we're talking to. Exactly. I mean, it all starts inwardly where we have to truly care enough to understand about what's unique with this person, but how that comes across is through those three key areas that you just mentioned. Okay. All right. Very good. So sounds like to me what we're talking about then for, for somebody in a customer service role to really show that level of compassion is we're talking about they need to be able to empathize with the person they're talking to and then really work on that communication style with those three elements of communication to make sure they're sharing the right information, the right level of compassion, and to let that, that customer, that patient, that client feel, feel good about the experience, even if it's something that's maybe not the most pleasant experience to deal with. Right. So uh, again, it's not about necessarily how, how I want to feel or even how I do feel as an employee. When we're talking about conveying compassion, we're talking about making sure that it's obvious to that customer I'm dealing with that I am compassionate. And we do that through asking those questions. We do that through confirming our understanding of what they need. We do that through using some of those words, you know, help me understand. And I want to learn and I really want to support you on this. And then it's that body language, send the right message by stopping, using the eye contact, nodding, documenting, and then using those characteristics of tone of voice. Okay. Very nice. So those of you listening that are out there working the, uh, the uh, Christmas shopping market in the retail space, hopefully these are some good advice, uh, good, good tips for showing compassion, even though you may be faced with some people that <laughs> you may not want to be showing compassion mm-hmm. to all the time. Uh, unfortunately, that's still the, the kind of thing that really sets us apart companies and organizations wise is that if we can show that compassion to our customer base, show them that when they're going through a tough situation or they have some frustrations or concerns that we can empathize with them and we can talk them through how to get past that or what we can do to help fix the situation. And it's all about just showing compassion. It's not something that really you can just snap your fingers and be a compassionate person. But it does sound like if you've got that compassion in you, there are better ways to show it to the person you're talking to, because sometimes it doesn't always come across like it should. Right. That's exactly right. There's a lot of really nice, really good people out there in the world, but for whatever reason, they might not come across that well in those uh, employee customer situations. So we we all need to work on and be self-aware of how we're truly coming across to make sure if we have an intent to send the right message, we actually are sending the right message. Wonderful. Great. Ed, thanks so much for that information. Now, before we we close out, uh, we were both going to give our own customer service example that we've had recently. We do this from time to time on the show. We like to just give a personal example of something we've gone through recently that illustrates either a really, really great customer service example or a really, really great example of what not to do in a customer service example. Um, Ed, if it's okay, do you you have one you want to go first? 
Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. And this is a positive story about a telecommunications company, believe it or not. Wow. Positive about a telecommunications company. Okay. We need, right. this is for the record book. So let's go ahead and get <laughs> this one. So. Yeah. Well, this is a situation where a person was moving into a new house. This happened recently to a friend of mine. And uh, basically he was needing to get uh, set up on broadband and television through okay. the internet telecom situation. And um, these are all process-related uh, experiences that he had. First of all, the uh, employee from the telecom was supposed to show up between 1 and 3 o'clock. Uh, he got there about 10 till 1, uh, right before um, the uh, the employee got home from his work. So he had just gotten there a little bit early, was actually uh, parked out on the street and just doing some paperwork. When, when the customer, my friend, uh, drove up. So the customer drives up. First of all, he'd gotten there early, which is always great from a process perspective, yeah. uh, you know, exceeded that expectation. Secondly, uh, when the employee came up to uh, my friend, he explained the entire process of what was going to take place while he was on site. Uh, the the friend actually showed him where the old cable had been hooked up in this previous house, where the holes were wired, where he wanted the equipment put they had dialogue about a couple different variations of how they could do the install so the second piece is they not only showed up early but there was a lot of education and dialogue about what the process would be like on site third thing is as some of the major steps were occurring and the uh, technician was moving from room to room he would communicate the success of the previous step and how they had set up the box and done the wiring outside and how the wires had come inside and how things would be set up in the rooms. So he was communicating communicating the success as they were going through the process. As everything was wrapping up, not only did the tech do what they would normally do in terms of educating uh, the customer, but they had this form, which was a customer service pro- promise document which basically set an expectation with the customer about the level of service they would receive down the road. But they also gave, the technician gave direct contact information to the customer about how to get in touch with him and how to get in touch with his supervisor. So at that point, hand wrote phone numbers, names, et cetera, on this customer service uh, promise and then uh, noted that there would be a scheduled follow-up call within 48 hours to confirm everything was working appropriately. Oh, that's so, nice. So every step in the process was done well. It was done on time. The success was communicated during the process. And in the end, uh, th- there was not only follow-up that was going to be given and identified, but there was that very positive uh, offer to obviously give the supervisor's name if there was an issue or was a need. Uh, and they had that kind of backup from the customer's perspective or for the customer as well. No, that's, that's great. And I, I've had that happen a couple of times too, where the uh, somebody performing a service actually goes ahead and in advance gives me the name of somebody to contact if I have any questions or if I'm not comfortable bringing up any issue directly to the person there. That, that's great. I mean, that's, uh, I think that really shows a good sign of confidence, not only in what that service person thinks they can provide. But it is going ahead and saying, listen, we want to make sure you have as many comfortable ways to express your opinion as possible. So here's another alternative way to let us know if we're doing a good job or not. Right. So it was all process related plus positive communications during the process. Uh, And it was just for something that's typically pretty negatively felt and perceived on the part of the customer. Uh, The customer was thrilled with how everything went. Great. Great. Well, 
My example is kind of a mixed bag. Um, it starts out positive, but it also shows how sometimes even in the worst customer service situations, you got to stick at it and you've got to keep your ground and keep your level head. There's a place that uh, one of my boys went to recently that does some uh, classes and kind of uh, instructional type type services. And they go there for some lessons occasionally. And as I was going to pick up my son from this place one day, as I walked in, I overheard in the lobby, uh, a young woman that works there at this facility was on the phone with a customer. <laughs> and we could only hear the one side of the conversation. So that's, that makes it a little interesting right away, just hearing the one side from this company of how they're, they're having a dialogue with this, this customer or somebody. The impression I got is that this other person on the other, other line was a parent of a child that had received some lesson or service there in the past. And either they felt like their child was not treated very nicely by the instructor or something had gone wrong. And I'm packing up my, my kids and getting all their stuff together, but I can still very easily hear this dialogue. It's just, just a few feet away from me. And the girl on the phone on this side does a really great job for about the first five minutes of keeping it very, very professional. It's almost like, Ed, she listened to our podcast series. Excellent. And she was following those steps exactly of all the way to go with this stuff. So, you know, I could just hear her say the right words. Like, I understand you're frustrated. I understand you're concerned about this. Let me, let me find out a little bit more about the situation. How did this happen? And what did you hear about this? Okay, well, this is what maybe have happened here. I'd like to take a little, another time to look at this and examine this more and get back with you. All of the perfect customer service words. There's a but coming, isn't there? There is a but. Um, <laughs> the problem being is that I think she was about to at her wit's end. I think she had reached her breaking point with this person on the phone. And all of a sudden, the dialogue turned and she just kind of broke down. And basically at one point, this has been after about five minutes, she wow. honestly was saying, okay, ma'am, I don't know what else you want me to do. I've told you everything I can tell you at this point. I really don't appreciate what you're t- how you're talking to me. This is not the way I need to be talked to. I'm doing everything on my power here on this end to make this situation right. And you're just not, a, you're just not going with it and letting me do my job. It basically was, you could just tell she had hit her breaking point. She had exhausted every option she had in her arsenal for customer service doing the right way. And mm-hmm. it still was not working. <laughs> so yes. then she reached the breaking point and then everything was down here from that. And it did end with a phone being slammed down wow. uh, at the end of the conversation. Now, I only hear the one side. I can imagine the person on the other end was probably being very vile, angry, difficult to deal with. Because I know the young girl who was hand- handling this call. She's a very nice girl. And obviously that first five minutes showed that she knew how to handle things in a good customer service perspective. But she just couldn't keep it going any longer. So I guess the lesson there is that it is a tough thing to keep up with a, a very upset customer but you still have to be in it for the long haul you've got yes. to see it through and unfortunately if you if you feel like uh ed what would what would you recommend to somebody if, if they're doing everything by the playbook everything we've told and they just cannot get this person to settle their emotions down yeah. is there some quick way to kind of table this or at least let some emotions settle down for a while before it just escalates to somebody slamming the phone down yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, assuming that they truly are doing everything right, and it sounds like they were doing a lot right during that call, saying the right things, doing the right things, and, and uh, they just it just wasn't working. Um, I, I always tell people that if 
you want to deliver great customer service, it doesn't mean that you have to take personal abuse, first of all. Mm-hmm. So if it truly was getting vile and there was profanity going and it was a personal attack, it's absolutely fine for a customer service individual such as that to professionally back out of the conversation. You know, ma'am, I, I really want to help you, but we need to be able to have a professional positive discussion about this. And, and if we can do that, great. If not, uh, what I might suggest is maybe we can chat again tomorrow about it, or I'd be happy to bring in my supervisor. I'd be happy to bring in my coworker, and maybe they, they can help you with this a little bit better than I've been able to help you. So it is perfectly sure. fine to professionally back out of the conversation. Uh, you know, if it's a situation where maybe they weren't being vile or personally attacking, it's just that they wouldn't let it go. Right. I mean, there are a certain percentage of customers that no matter what you do, they're just still going to be, you know, for whatever reason, something's going on in their life or their world, and they're just not going to let it drop. And you just have to listen to them and give them a lot of empathy and repeat the, the answers that you can give them. And then again, try to, I don't know necessarily table it, but definitely try to say, Ma'am, I'd be happy to help you with this. I know we have these couple options. What what I could do is I'd be happy to take down your information, talk to a couple other people, potentially give you a call back tomorrow, see if there's an alternative. If not, uh, you know, th- then unfortunately, you know, th- th- you'll have to go with one of these two options here. And at least that way, she's not blaming the customer, but she's allowing herself to back out and buy herself some time yeah. and buy herself the opportunity to bring somebody else in and maybe get somebody else to help out. So uh, it sounds like she did, you know, based on, like you say, hearing one after the conversation did everything right. Um, so the question really is, at that point, if she is doing everything right, how do you professionally back out of the conversation and yeah. and then address it uh, in a follow-up? Yeah, it's tricky. I felt for her. I really did. But uh, and is, you could just tell she was trying so hard to do everything the right way. But everybody does have a breaking point. What we've got to deal with in those situations is how do we, like you said, excuse ourselves out of that dialogue Right. Either get somebody else involved or let some time pass to let emotion settle a little bit. It's a tricky thing. So maybe that maybe that's something for a future episode we can dig into a little deeper. Kind of what happens when it does hit the breaking point. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's next? It's escalated to the point that you just can't handle it. What can you do? How do yeah. you back out? How do you escalate it? How do you resolve it? in such a way that you don't lose the customer. Exactly. That sounds like a great topic. We'll need to keep that in mind for future episodes. Sure. Well, Ed, thanks for uh, your story and all of your input today. I really do appreciate it. Uh, The idea of showing compassion during a customer service experience, not just showing it, but letting the customer really know that you truly can empathize with where they are through words, through body language, through your tone and everything else is what we're all talking about here today. Ed is with Customer Service Solutions, which you can learn more about them at cssamerica.com. That's CSS for Customer Service Solutions, America.com. You can learn all about what Ed's doing, learn about some of the services his company provides, read his blog, follow up with him, all those great ways of keeping in touch with Ed Gagnon. And then I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, and uh, we're a firm conducting satisfaction surveys for employees, customers, patients, uh, a lot of different industries, heavy emphasis on the healthcare field, but other industries as well. And you can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com, T-H-E, Jackson Group, all one word, dot com. And again, you've been listening to Stepping Up Service on the Mesh. For other Mesh shows, programs, and past episodes of this show, visit us at themesh.tv. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. On the web, you can also find us on iTunes, Apple iTunes. If you do a search for The Mesh or any of the show notes, our names, you'll find us right away. Subscribe, 
Uh, we've got a way now on our website, and I don't think I've even told you this. We just added a way on our website where you can go to the Stepping Up Service page and actually type in your email address and subscribe by email. I saw that. That's great. Episode. So that's a great way. If you're not doing the whole iTunes thing or you don't understand the whole podcasting thing, you just want to be notified by email every time we put up a new episode. Just give us your email address. Hit subscribe, and uh, we'll make sure you get an email sent to your inbox every time that we put up a new episode with a nice little link of where you can go to listen to it. Nice and quick and easy. Very simple way of listening to all the shows that way, too. So for Stepping Up Service, uh, this is Alan Jackson thanking again our sponsor, Pinecrest Independent Living, Hickory, North Carolina. Live the life you deserve at Pinecrest Independent Living. Until next time, we'll talk to you then. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.